Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns and No Breaks with the Fantastic Two. And that is me and my boy across from me. And that's none other than Mr. Front Row Kenny. Kenny, how you doing, my brother? Yo, what is happening, good people? I guess I could say happy spring for real because it has been so warm out here. I, I don't know if it's like California, but it's been like 70, 80 degree days, so it's getting warm. Oh, that's well, <laughs> that, that's pretty warm for 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 where you're at because like it's it it's got it got to about well today I'm talking about today Monday because we're recording this on Monday April twenty fifth. And it was pretty hot today. Now, I'm out here in Central Valley. So, and this is around Bakersfield, California. That, that's kind of where I'm at. And it was around like almost maybe mid mid to uh, upper 80s. And that's pretty hot out here for Cal- for, for Central California standards. But you, you have a little humidity going with you. So, so that, that I, think that, I think that makes it a little worse. Cause I, oh yeah, because I'm originally from Texas and Houston and San Antonio, respectively. So I, I know all about humidity and and it, it and it that's that that kind of weather gets a stranglehold on your throat. Man, I'm trying to tell you, look, the humidity is already bad enough. But the worst part about the very early spring is all the pollen. Like, I swear to you, looking at the bar on my computer right now on audition of it going green and yellow is literally what my card looks like. <laughs> Hey, I swear to you, every time I wash it, guess what? Ain't nothing but a whole bunch of pollen on it. I can literally wipe it with my finger, and it'll just be like a straight line of pollen. That is it. That is the only thing I hate about the early months of the spring. It's just so much pollen. Yeah. My allergies aren't super bad, but they have gotten worse as I've gotten older, which sucks. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? Shout out to Claritin. Exactly. Because, because you, yeah, that's so funny that you brought that up, because um, out here uh, in this little small town where I'm at, pollen is huge and they have a huge bee outbreak where like there's bees everywhere because of the pollen and my allergies are going crazy obviously and so but when you're driving you're you're literally hitting all these damn insects and it's just like what what am i hitting and then one of the guys yeah one of the guys was like (laughs) you're hitting nothing but bees well i mean you're probably hitting other insects he goes but a lot of them are bees he goes go look at the front of your car Man, I was like, all these bees just smashed up in the in the front of my car. Uh, you got enough bees to make honey nut Cheerios, man. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm telling you, uh, <clears throat> I wish they would leave a box at the door at least. Um, <laughs> so, so, sorry for ruining your car, but here's a box of honey honey nut Cheerios <laughs> on the house. Uh, Kenny, how was your weekend, buddy? Man, you know what? My weekend wasn't too bad. So I was advised to get out the house just a little bit more, which I did this weekend. I went to the Charlotte airport, which is pretty notorious um, over here for the observation area that they have where people can sit outside and watch the planes land and take off. And so I brought my camera out. I have used my camera in probably like maybe a year and a half, two years. So I was like, well, hell, I might as well get some practice while I'm out here. And so I like aviation. I like planes, trains and Automobiles, Automobile. obviously. So, <laughs> you know, like anything like that is cool to me. Obviously, y'all also know I do flight simulation as well. So that's also my other thing. I went to go see a plane specifically that only comes maybe I think once or twice a week or however many times it is frequently. Oh, okay. Um, 
But I was on the wrong side of the airport. So I couldn't get a really, really good picture of it, but I did see it with my own eyes, which was kind of dope for my aviation geeks and Airbus A350, which is a huge wide body aircraft. And Charlotte does not get a ton of those outside of like seven, yeah, triple sevens and 770. Yeah, 767s. There we go. Oh, right Jesus, on. too many damn sevens. But yeah, it was cool to see that. It was a lot of people out there. It was really nice. I got some really good photos. At some point, I've, I need to edit a few of them and put them up somewhere because I really liked them. It was cool. And I haven't really done photography in a while. So that was like pretty much my weekend and I enjoyed it quite a bit. So yeah, Renee, I feel like your weekend was probably a thousand times more exciting than mine. Um, <laughs> yeah, specifically because like, I'm trying to remember some of it. <laughs> See, look, see, you already look, listen, you already on the path of saying the one thing when someone has a really good weekend, man, I can barely remember what happened. You already know what happened. It's simple as that. You had a great time. I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna lie. The whole time you were talking, I was like, what did I do this weekend? Yep, see, yep, see, that, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Well, Every man, well, listen, I. I ended up actually just hanging out with with my girlfriend on Friday night, but but we had we had a good time just me and her because we you know we don't get to see each other much because I've been living out here, and uh, so I drove back home to Long Beach and uh, we spent we spent Friday and Friday night together, but Saturday I went to go hang out with a friend of mine who's leaving for Florida. He's actually moving to Florida. And uh, he got a business deal out that way, and uh, I don't think it's Disney, but it, it's it is entertainment because he's a comedian himself. But anyway, so he's moving in a couple of weeks. So this so this past weekend was the only weekend that he had off where I could drive up and you know and we could come hang out. So I hung out with him and his brother and you know a couple other comedian friends of mine and just other friends of ours to, that 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 hung out. And it was really, really nice, man. I, the one thing I do remember that we did that was absolutely fun as hell was was we went we ended up going bowling at one point of the night. And let me tell you, man, we literally just had the time of our lives at, at a bowling alley. And we we literally like turned into we all turned into teenagers and it was just so much fun. But then I drove back on Sunday and yeah, man, I just relaxed and I watched baseball and, and uh, listened to, I listened to, I, li- I actually listened to the uh, race on the way back on the radio. And, uh, you know, once again, you know, I, I, listening to the, the, the race on the radio is just absolutely a dip, a different vibe. And, and I mean, a wonderful vibe. And Kenny, I, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. The race was already fantastic, in my opinion, to begin with. But but listening to it on the radio first just made it that much more wonderful to listen to, Kenny. Yeah, the good fine folks at the Motor Racing Network did a pretty good job as usual, especially when they go to Talladega. I swear, my guy Mike Bagley on the backstretch normally, he always has one moment where he has to have an octave even higher than what he normally does. Mm-hmm. So. I'm sure he had a good time. Same thing with Alex Hayden, Jeff Striegel, and Dylan Welsh. That was, I believe, he was in three and four this past weekend. But yeah, I'm sure they had a. I'm sure they had a great time. They always do really good, and I feel like the intensity in itself during Super Speedway racing is already high enough. They just heighten it even further. Obviously, just like you said, they've got to paint the picture for you because you can't see what's on TV. And speaking of TV, Dale Earnhardt Jr. was on the Fox broadcast, and I swear it to you. The one thing when they announced that NBC versus Fox, that's almost like the equivalent of Bloods and Crips, but it's just for TV, right? <laughs> and so when they anna- when they announced that. that that was happening, right? When they announced that it was happening, I'm like, wait, this is really going to happen. But what I discovered was 
during the USFL broadcast, which I swear on my life, we are trying to revive the relive the eighties at this point because the USFL is back (laughs) in business. I can't believe it. It's on TV. It's crazy. And so, yeah, they had a couple a couple talent members from NBC Sports as well, and they had a collaborative broadcast. So. That kind of pretty much opened the door for Dale to do that again. And so what was supposed to happen, from what I understand, and I'm not saying anything that's not public knowledge from what he was supposed to be on the broadcast for Sonoma in 2020. Obviously, the pandemic and a lot of other things played into that role. So that it didn't happen. But a great opportunity at Talladega, where obviously he's had plenty of success in his career. And they decided to bring him in. And I thought he did a great job. And I always really enjoy his commentary, especially when we get to the NBC portion of the season, I really enjoy it. It's very insightful while also sounding like I'm having a beer with this guy while I'm watching the race as well. It's crazy, but yeah, um, very entertaining, very entertaining uh, show. And I think also, out, shout out to my guy Daniel McFadden for writing that article about the pre-race um, shows needing to have like a little bit more seriousness to them. Mm-hmm. Ever since then, I feel like we've gotten some pretty good ones since that article dropped and. Sunday was a pretty good one as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah it really was. Um, it, you know, I, I I even went back and listened. I went back to look at the highlights. Of number one, because you know, obviously, you know, look hearing hearing it and then watching it, uh, obviously, two different things. But but going back to actually watching the highlights and then listening to Dale Earnhardt Jr. on there, man, it, it just made it, it uh, probably just as exciting as listening to it on the radio. In my personal opinion, and that's because I'm a I'm a Dale Jr. fan in general. But I I I'm gonna be honest with you, it, you know, list. You're right. Listening to him, he's he's got so much insight. He's got so much knowledge about you know the sport for obvious reasons. But he brings so much and fun to the to the sport as he's calling it. You know, with the other guys, and you know, it, it's it's just a joy to, to to hear him. You know, when when he when he does come on and gets to be in the booth with the other fellas yeah no i agree a thousand percent and i really have like really enjoyed the fact that he has been very honest about trying to get better at this thing and i think i've frankly have felt like he's done a really really great job just overall ever since it's been happening Mm -hmm. um but yeah you know it's it was cool it was a real cool broadcast and before we get any further into the cup series weekend itself we had two other races at talladega this weekend and obviously we had one go down to the wire with the Xfinity race and Jeffrey Earnhardt, who was riding in the number three this weekend. Can't believe we were seeing that. He literally, and I I will say this all the time, and I'm going to continue to say it. You would have thought Jeffrey could see the air. And if y'all don't understand that reference, I don't know how long you've been watching NASCAR, but I promise you, people said Dale Earnhardt Sr. could see the air. I felt like Jeffrey on Saturday was in his was in his mind, and he could literally see that air. But he almost won that race, came just a little short. Noah Graxon won that race. But it was fun to see him take yeah. an opportunity like that. I really do hope he gets another shot, whether it's the next Daytona race in August or also also for the next Talladega race later in the fall. But yeah. He he ran he ran a great race weekend that entire time and Larry McReynolds was his crew chief which was really cool to see that they put that car on the pole on right, Friday right. afternoon but yeah well, it was a it was dope I tell you what Kenny you know before we start getting into the uh, real depths of some NASCAR talk here at Talladega let's go ahead and run us down that top ten yeah you know matter of fact I got one more thing actually oh yeah go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I just I just thought of I got one more thing no you're good one more thing shout out to Raza Karuth who is now your new ARCA National That's Series right. points leader after after Talladega 
came home in six. Nick Sanchez, his teammate, got the win forever. That was his second career win. I was there for his first at Kansas, which was crazy in itself. So yeah, that was that was pretty awesome. Yeah, like right I, it was pretty awesome to see. To yeah, shout out to Rev Racing. I'm super happy for those guys. I'm really, 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 um, really, really always invested in them by obvious <laughs> by the obvious point. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. They had a great they had a great run on Saturday. It was really it was really fun to watch them. It sucked that that race got cut short due to the uh, broadcast window yeah. uh, coming to an end, so they had to end it pretty early. But yeah, nevertheless, good good on them. Rev Racing is looking pretty strong already, and yeah, I'm excited to see what goes further. If you are following Roger Carruth as well for the remainder of the season, he does race this upcoming weekend, which we'll talk about later. Yeah, and he'll race there in the Arca East Series this weekend, and also in the Xfinity Series as well. Yeah. But with that being said, now we can get in the Cup Series top 10. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> now we're going to the top 10. So, Ross Chastain. Lost the boss. Win number, win number two for the Melon Man. Win number two for Trackhouse. My God. Trackhouse. They have came out the gate very, very strong in the early going of this season. And, they, and now Ross Chastain becomes the second. Repeat one of the season, mm-hmm. which is insane. Him and William Byron are the only two that have two wins so far this year. So it has been a very, very crazy year. But in second place, Austin Dillon. Third, Kyle Busch, who we'll talk about a little bit later. He's having some, I frankly want to say, issues with what's happening next with his contract. But we'll talk yeah. about that later. Uh, fourth place, Kyle Larson. Fifth, Martin Truex Jr., who has still not won a super speedway race in his Cup Series career. Plenty in Xfinity. Um, very strange because he was a very, very good super speedway racer, but it seems like his luck is not always on his yeah. side. Eric Jones came home at six, who almost won that race. He was running a really, really good race the entire day. Mm-hmm. Just didn't just didn't work out at the end, unfortunately. Those la- that last lap in the in the trioval did not do him well. Larson got into one car and that led to a whole bunch of other things. And Ross Chastain obviously slept up in the right spot at the right. Seventh, Chase Elliott, who was one of my picks. I thought he was gonna win it all but that didn't happen (laughs) eighth michael mcdowell somebody i talk about all the time on the super speedways he's always in the top 10 for some reason but yeah comes on eighth ninth was alex bowman and to round out the top 10 was kevin harvick so that's her top 10 for the geico 500 and yeah it was it was quite a race i gotta say renee i mean i know you listened to it on the radio i did um i'm gonna i listened to portion a small portion of it on the radio i will say that oh yeah i'm telling you man it it, it was absolutely fantastic i think i listened to i listened to pretty much the the, i listened to all the the first uh, stage and then most of the second stage because by the time i got back to my to my house uh, i i try to i try to stay in the car to listen to a little bit of it but it was a little hot it was it was a little hot and just sitting there and even with my even with my my air conditioner rolling, I was just like, ah, oh, man, I'm going upstairs. <laughs> and then and that Cali- that California heat, definitely. Yeah, and then and then I was going back and back and forth between that and you know some of these baseball games that I was watching, and then I just got so tired, I actually ended up falling asleep, and I had to go back back and and, and look look at the highlights. But you know, I mean, it it was it was a great crowd. Don't think you could ask for a better crowd, and and I think the crowd got exact. I think even we maybe even at home watching it. Excuse me, I got the hiccups. But even for us watching it at home, I think we got exactly what we wanted. I I, I thoroughly enjoyed the, the race. I, I thought it was great, and especially down towards the, the the tail end of that race, which is obviously the best part. Watching Ross, you know, just just come out with that win. I mean, you know, I I thought Kyle Larson. 
you know, really had a good chance to, to, to pull that out at one point, too. And, you know, going back to Martin Truex Jr., you know, he, he, you know, it wasn't like he had a horrible day. He had a really nice day. But for some reason, yeah, his luck just does, his luck just runs out at some point. I'm not, I'm not sure what, 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 what the deal there is with the Martin Truex, but I didn't think he raced that bad. Nah, I don't think so either. I don't know what it is about him and just the super speedways. It's just like, it's weird because when he came in, when he was racing with Junior, like him and Junior, when it came to an Xfinity race, Bush race at the time, and it was a Saturday afternoon at a super speedway, you knew we were going to see either that 81 or you were going to see that A car that was going to win. Like it was almost a guarantee. Like, if you had to be a gambling man, that would have been the two cars you bet on every single Saturday when they raced at either Talladega or Daytona. They were just that good there. But Cup, it just hasn't really materialized as well. But I think also that may t- – I think the reason why that could also be happening, well, when you're in, to- in the Toyota camp, you got to think about it like this. There are five Toyotas primarily, at least primary teams that just run Toyota strictly, right? Mm-hmm. There's five teams so – I mean five cars. So you've got obviously 23XI. And you've got Joe Gibbs racing. So not a ton of partners compared to where there's a few teams that have Chevys and there's a few teams that have Fords. And so they have a whole lot more partners that they can run with the entire day. It's kind of harder for them to do that. Now, of course, I think the one thing people have figured out very quickly over the last year and a half or so is that that 23 car has been a very great leader and also a great pusher. They had they showed speed right out the gate. Obviously, Bubba got a stage win this past weekend. So you know, that car clearly is going to be, was very strong in Daytona, and it was no shock that it was a very strong car at Talladega, but I I will say, speaking of two different tracks, and Daytona and Talladega are both super speedways, obviously, but here's one thing that I didn't know until they mentioned it on the broadcast, was that, guess what, Ross Chastain's car was the same exact car from Coda. Now, I can't tell you the last time that there was a point where you could bring your super speedway car and also race that same car at a road course and still find success, right? Mm-hmm. That just proves the versatility of the next-gen car and also just showing shades of, like, the 70s when some of that stuff definitely was possible. So it's pretty cool to see something like that happen. And someone had made the point on Twitter of it'd be really cool to know in detail about what car's chassis has been raced because... I'm not I don't always get to know it, but sometimes even in Arca, there was a car from Arca that raced in two thousand two, but the chassis was still being used and it raced at a race in two thousand twenty two, I believe. Hmm. So it's you know, it's like little things like that that happen, right? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. You know, it's everything's got a story. And I think that O two car was the same or the O two chassis might have been the same one that where Sterling Marlin got out of his car infamously, and he had to go to the tail end of the longest line, which led to War Burton winning the 2002 Daytona 500, right? right? It's crazy little details like that that I think people would appreciate. It's very random, but I think it's pretty cool at the same time. Yeah, you, you, you know, I, 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 I couldn't agree more, you know, but it's, you know, I, do you think it kind of goes back to this whole next-gen car, you know, being being you know kind of like you know more of why this is happening than anything else or or, or i think it definitely could be maybe even though chassis a lot of times like if you know about them there are some that are still being used from you know years ago but you might not know because nobody really pays attention that much yeah 
you know, or you got to just like know the right or follow the right person. Cause I follow a couple people who work on cars that in the NASCAR garage. So sometimes they might give little details and they might give little tidbits on like, yeah, you know, this car was ran in Kansas in year you insert whatever year you want. I think that's kind of dope. It's cool. I mean, it's everything's got a story to it. I mean, like everything it, that I just said is crazy in itself, but there's also the fun fact about Ross Chastain again. It's the fact that he, you know, he's one of the drivers that's obviously won a race by only leading one lap. There's been, you know, a number of drivers that have actually done that. The first to do it was Jeff Bodine in 1989. He was actually the first driver in the modern era to lead one lap and win, right? Yeah. You know, names like Jimmy Spencer, the infamous 2003 Darlington race with Ricky Craven and Kurt Busch. Ricky Craven obviously winning by just an edge. I think that was. Definitely because of that Pontiac nose back in the day. Bobby Labonte won the, five, the season finale at Homestead in 03. Just led one lap. Jimmy Johnson beat Matt Kenseth at Las Vegas in 2006. You know, and I go yeah, on for yeah, days yeah. on different on different drivers. But, you know, it's just a very random fact again. And it's kind of dope. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, I'm, I, I'll tell you this. You know, the one thing that, that, that I wanted to point out is is going back going back to Ross Chastain. I mean, this kid has just come just I mean, just really just kind of like making a statement here this year already. I wouldn't be surprised, Kenny, and I and I seriously mean this that that I, I wouldn't be surprised if if Ross wins at least about another two or three races before the year is over. I I mean, I I can easily see that happening. You know, he's he's running really good and uh you know, I, I, I mean, th- this whole thing with, with you know, Trackhouse and this early success they have is just, it's just outrageous. It's, just, it's amazing. I love it to be honest with you. No, I'm telling you, I'm a pit bull's got to be happy. I mean, oh yeah, absolutely, hey, he's absolutely. Got, he's got two wins already as a car owner in just a span of two years. And, and again, it's very hard for these things to happen. Like it is not easy whatsoever to come out the gate. As a team, yeah. this brand new, obviously, you can see there is some struggle with 23XI early on, right? Yeah. You know, that is just part of part of it. Now, granted, Trackhouse is fortunate that they were in the Chevy camp and they get a whole lot more help. Uh-huh. And Chevrolet spent a great deal of time. I believe Richard Childress provides their motor. So they spent a ton of time with the next-gen car, right? Mm-hmm. And so they had plenty of data to, to work off and get better at but i think also not even just to say the data is there like you had data but if your drivers don't deliver none of that matters and i think with ross chastain and even daniel suarez as well who is came close to winning he came close to winning at coda which is crazy and he also came close to winning the auto club right and he's also posted good results right i think they have a very unique chemistry as well as teammates i feel like they respect each other quite a bit from what i understand justin marks seems like a great team owner Mm -hmm. um as well and, you know, they are gelling like from pick and that and that goes back to everyone at the shop, the pit crews. It just is working well, like it is working extremely well for them. And to even if they don't get both cars, well, obviously they're going to get one in the playoffs. But if they don't get both cars in the playoffs, you, you really can't say the season was bad in that sense. Right. Oh, yeah. I think this is a obviously a huge learning season for everybody given the next gen car you know it's a foreign concept quote unquote at least for right now for the most part but you know definitely as the season continues to move along you'll definitely see the bigger players getting better and better but right now it's just been a mixed bag of 
any and everything. So, and I, and I like that personally. It almost reminds me of the 2011 season, which was one of the most competitive seasons in NASCAR history. Yeah. Now Boy, we've got a that. long, long way to go. Right, we have a long way to go um, before we crown a champion in Phoenix. But it's been a great, it's been a really great season so, thus far. Like I know we've got a dud of a race here and there, but that's okay. Yeah, you know, um, and, and uh, I think the one thing I like too is just seeing all of the younger drivers come in and 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 and, and stamp their names on some of these, you know, early races right now. And you, you know, the the one thing I will tell you though is 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 some of the some of the older veteran drivers. You know, I'm telling you that that they're. Their 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 time is going to come where where they'll probably rattle off a, a good you know couple of races themselves and I have no doubt about that. Which speaking of of, of veteran drivers, you know, I know we got some Kyle Busch stuff that we wanted to touch on, and I know one of them was was the question of will he return you know to Joe Gibbs Racing, and you know I think it's a good possibility to to be honest with you you know in my in my opinion I think he could. I think he should. Now his <laughs> now his interview on Saturday, of course, um Kyle is Kyle. He always is. Now, I will say this from working with him beforehand. Mm-hmm. He's very nice. Like, I know a lot of people think he's an asshole, but listen, he's actually a pretty nice guy. <laughs> but there are moments obviously where if you watch the interviews, you're like, Oh man, yeah. really? Like, oh, this guy's being a baby or whatever. Even though he's one of the Definitely one of the best drivers you we've ever witnessed absolutely, for sure. Absolutely, I think when it's all said and done, maybe people will appreciate him more a little bit more. But hey, you know, you never know. Yeah, okay. it's fine. And, you know what? And I I gotta yeah. agree with you on that because I'm gonna be honest with you. I've met him a couple of times in person, and he was nothing but absolutely the 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 most you know most gentleman like men I've ever I've ever met. I'm telling yeah, you. I, I mean, and yeah, yeah I, I I understand he gets angry and he, and he and and the kind of post you know post race interviews he does but you know i mean that that's that's a competitor right there and 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 that's the kind of that's the kind of competitive competitiveness type of 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 attitude you want from your driver you know especially as an owner especially as a fan you know who brings a hundred percent every single every single weekend every single race and 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 i just want to throw this in there his wife samantha is absolutely probably just as nice as he is even nicer she was so sweet and and i've met her i've been uh, you know, lucky enough to, to meet the both of them on several different occasions, and they they were just both as nice as they could be. Yeah, no, I agree for sure. And to those that want to know the comments, like when they reporters had asked him about it about his contract status for you know next year and beyond, his quote: "I'm not getting antsy about it. If it happens, it happens. If I don't, it don't. Goodbye." Right? Absolutely. Now, <laughs> now of course, Coach Gibbs also had a different saying to that and i think this is because coach gibbs is a little bit more composed obviously he's just a different and he said look we're confident we're gonna get these things done so we're working it. we're working on it and it just takes a while now the reason why you're probably like wondering like well what's the real hold up so if you guys don't know late december m&m's announced that they will no longer be sponsoring the 18 car after this year and that sponsor has been in nascar since 98 it's been in there for a long time yeah. so for my nascar fans have been watching for a while Think about Ken Schrader in the 30s, Elliot Sadler in the 38, and obviously Kyle Busch himself in the 18. So M&M's has been on cars for quite some time, which is kind of crazy. It's been on cars ever since I've been alive, basically, right? So, so yeah, essentially right now they're in the process of either signing him back or not. I really don't feel like he's the one who will end up being out of the seat for right now. Yep. 
I, I think they'll find something for him, for sure. I know it's going to take a little bit more time. Obviously, silly season has not ramped up quite a bit just yet. But as we get to the later months of the season, usually you'll figure out who's who and where is going where. I don't think this is a situation where, for my Ty Gibbs fans, where this is going to be his bump up to Cup. Personally, I feel like it's going to go a different way. And, hey, you might be able to go back to this podcast and say, hey, <laughs> Kenny said this, and he made this mark on this. But well, Kenny I personally said. think true. Right, right. Look, hey, listen, I might get it right. You never, you never know. This is just my crazy logic, right? So I think what may happen, so Christopher Bell is the youngest one on that team right now, obviously. Martin Truex, Denny, and Kyle Busch himself are virtually the veterans, right? Out of those guys... I'd probably say Martin Truex will be the one to either be out of that ride in a couple of years or retire, one or the other. Mm-hmm. I think he has kind of molded that at some point, and I feel like it may or may not happen. I don't know when it will happen, but I think probably it was going to end up happening. One of those seats will be Ty Gibbs' seats, and it won't be very long from now. I'm My guess is two years. That's my guess. It could be quicker. Who knows what may happen, yeah. but I'm thinking that's going to be two years from now. It is 2000. 22 which is wild so i'm thinking probably 20 you know going into 24 25 somewhere in that ballpark right where that might happen yeah. so yeah we'll we'll see it was just a very interesting comment when i saw the video i had to kind of laugh at it a little bit because i knew how people were going to react <laughs> but but you know yeah it, it, like i said it was kyle being kyle so yeah you you know i yeah i know i, I can't I, I can't be i can't be mad at him so you know he he does he does what he does i respect him a hell of a lot i think he's like i said before i think he's one of the best drivers um still in nascar obviously but yeah renee i think that is probably all i have for this week which is crazy i, I it seemed like it would be a wilder week given it was talladega but well, um, I'll tell you this. Onward to Dover, that means. Yeah. Uh, with that being said, let, let's go into some predictions. Are you ready, Kenny? It's time for race predictions. Yes, sir. All right. Kenny, we are at Dover. Who you got? Well, well, well. Looks like we are finally at the Monster Mile. Now the Dover Motor Speedway, actually. I forgot that it has a name change. It's no longer Jesus it's no longer Dover Downs in my mind. As a kid, that's all I could think of it. But obviously, the obviously that has changed quite a bit. But yeah, so my picks for Dover. I am actually going to go with Alex Bowman as my main pick. If my alternative pick, I am going to go with Martin Truex Jr. to get his first win of the season. So those are my picks. I'm sticking to them. Real simple and plain. What you got for me, Renee? All right. Well, yeah, let me see. I am... I, 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 like I was saying, I was thinking about what I said earlier in the podcast, you know, you know, going to come soon where some of the, you know, older veteran drivers are going to be, you know, showing out and showing up. And I'll be honest with you, I don't think it's going to be this coming week at all. I think we're going to have, I think we're going to see another young, another young driver in the winner's circle. And my pick is, I'm actually going to, I'm actually going to go with Ross Chastain again. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, I can totally see this kid coming right back and winning another one but as far as like my alternative pick i am gonna go with a uh, more veteran driver and and by veteran i mean kevin harvick i'm actually gonna go with kevin harvick as my alternative pick but my main pick is gonna be ross the boss to keep his streak alive and win two in a row for the first time in his career i would believe that's that'd be the first time in his career he went back to back correct am i am i correct yeah 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be, mm-hmm. yeah. I, 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 and I believe he can do it. So those are my picks. I am sticking with them. What say you, fans of Alternative No Breaks? If you guys got a winner and you guys have a alternative pick that you'd like to let us know, then please hit us up on our social media. It's across the board at Turns No Breaks. Across the board, it's at Turns No Breaks. Hit us up. And if you know anybody who loves NASCAR just as much as you do, just as much as me and Kenny do, please turn them on to our podcast. I'm sure they will love it. We certainly appreciate you guys listening in each and every week and listening to me and Kenny go at it, talking about all things NASCAR each and every week. And for Kenny and myself, be safe out there, be kind to each other, and we will see you next week on another episode of All Turns and No Breaks. Hey, man, make sure y'all drink y'all water. It's getting hot out here. (laughs) Stay hydrated, baby. (laughs) That is for sure. (laughs) Thanks so much for tuning in. 